This is WLRN News. I'm Rowan Moore Garrity. This is a story about three generations of Miamians and how gun violence has shaped the life of a young man who grew up surrounded by gunfire and the devastation in its wake. Have you ever been shot yeah. at? Whew. Yeah. <laughs> That's John Broughton on the phone from Jacksonville. And have you yourself ever shot at someone? One time. One time. Like, I would not shoot nobody for no reason, but it was something going on. And that's all you'd like to say about that? Yeah, I... <laughs> this is part of what John's mother, Carmen Gonzalez, says she was trying to avoid when they moved away from Liberty City in Miami when John was 11. They've been back and forth ever since. I've been gone for nine years. I moved back there for seven months and was like, no, I can't. I can't. Again, because back in Liberty City on 64th Street and 20th Avenue. So it's, I left for the evening, come back home. It's bullet holes in my walls. And my son is in the house sleep. Growing up, you're going to see, you're going to see stuff you don't want to see. And it's either going to make you or it's going to break you. It could be little things that you see, like, you could walk down the street, you'll see a man beating up his wife or somebody literally getting shot right in front of you. You're going, what you supposed to do? John's 20 years old now. He goes back and forth between fascination with guns and mistrusting anybody carrying one. When he was two, his grandmother was killed when gunmen opened fire with an AK-47 outside a liquor store in Opalaca. They were close. They'd watch TV together. That's John's grandfather. Luis Gonzalez. We called her Nisi. He didn't know how to say Nisi. He'd say Nietzsche, Nietzsche. He'd ask for Nietzsche and look where she would sit. She'd sit there with him on his lap with his bottle in his mouth watching TV, and now there was no Nietzsche. John's mother, Carmen, was just 17 at the time. And his grandfather says the experience changed her profoundly. When they went to Ryder Trauma Center to identify the body... The medical people pulled the sheet back to show her face. Carmen ripped the entire sheets off and threw them on the floor and said, yeah, that's her, and walked away cold. She just turned so cold and bitter uh, from that point on. Not long after that, John's mother was shot herself during a robbery outside their house. One of John's earliest memories is watching her come back inside, bleeding from the knee. John says he doesn't remember how his mom explained either incident, but there were echoes of Carmen's reaction to her own mother's death and John as he got older. He became extremely cold, trouble in school, and he just, he had a nonchalant, I don't care attitude about everything. And this was from like seven years old. The only thing on his brain was, who killed my grandmother and how can I find them because I want to kill them. So... Guns were part of the backdrop of John's childhood. His godsister Angel lost part of a finger to a stray bullet. He witnessed a shooting on the sidewalk outside his apartment building. He's seen friends pull guns on one another, and he's had a gun pulled on him. John has a tattoo on his neck drawn from the Bible. It says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper, alongside a drawing of an AK-47. John says that's the weapon his Uncle Rob used to take his own life on his living room couch and the one used to murder his half-brother Jarvis a few blocks from Edison High School. His grandfather says their family is riddled with bullets. And as John got older, his grandfather says the violence of life in Liberty City sapped his attention for anything else. 
as far as following things that you know you need to get done. You need to graduate school so you can earn a respectable living. None of that comes into play. But he knows who got shot, where they got shot. They know he knows all those things, but he doesn't know things that would make a, a positive impact in his life. John doesn't deny this. With everything going on in the neighborhood, he says, how could a kid be expected to focus on school? You ain't going to want to sit there and learn school, and then you're going to want to learn this because this is what you was raised in. If you in this environment, you're going to want to learn this environment. Like, You can't throw me in China and expect me not to want to learn Chinese. In spite of all the pain gunfire has caused him over the years, John says guns have always been alluring. I ain't going to lie, just to, when you pull that trigger, it's just so... I don't know, you just, you, get a, you got a feeling, like, you just want to do it. I don't know. It's like a, a stress reliever. When he came back to Miami as a teenager, John and his friends would drive out to lakes in West Dade and shoot at trees or fire into the water. He's been infatuated with guns from the moment he fired one for the first time. I first fired a gun when I was, I think, 11 on the 4th of July. It was a sawed-off shotgun. Set the scene for me. I mean, what's going on in 11-year-olds getting a sawed-off shotgun? Fourth of July. Recently, John was riding in a friend's car when a guy in the back seat started playing with a handgun. John and the driver both told him to put it away. He says losing his half-brother has made him a lot more wary of guns in general. Next thing you know, like a few seconds later, it just boom! And you see the the, uh, spark in the back seat just... John's friend got shot in the back. When my homeboy was driving, the car started going over the median. I'm like, press the brake, press the brake, because I can't feel my legs. John had to pull the car off the road and drive his friend to the emergency room. He says he still isn't sure whether it was an accident. Nah, you can't hide no gun around me, because nah, I don't, I don't trust no, I really don't trust nobody. But he still plans to go to the gun range the second he turns 21. John's Facebook timeline shows some of this paradox. In one photo, he's visiting his grandmother's grave. In another, mourning his dead uncle. And in a third, grinning ear to ear while he holds an assault rifle. John's grandfather called him the second he saw the post. What is this bull Granddaddy, it ain't nothing. What do you mean ain't nothing? You're pointing a gun at the camera. He's like this. When I tell people I hate guns, I hate guns. John says that episode, posting a photo of himself with a gun... That falls into the category of things he'll never do again. Recently, he spent time in jail after getting drunk and stealing a friend's cell phone. The charges were ultimately dropped, but John says the experience was a wake-up call. You're a product of your environment. I ain't trying to be a product of this environment no more. I don't want to be the reason that something happened to somebody else. John's in Jacksonville now, working 12-hour shifts at a warehouse driving a forklift. But his mom says it's not that easy to just leave the world you grew up in. What am I going to do, not go see my auntie? She lives on 61st Street and 14th Avenue right now. Auntie, I can't come to your house because I'm reformed and I'm not coming to the hood no more. Hell no, I'm going to my auntie's house. And it's crazy because ain't no telling what's going to happen when you get over there. <laughs> it's just stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. John says he knows that spending time in Liberty City could go badly for him. But Miami's a habit that's hard to kick. I'm Rowan Moore Garrity in Miami. This is WLRN News.